you know, some students here that I've now known for 12 years because they've been in our district and their little siblings come or, you know, like if I meet students at the elementary school, I'm like, hey, I know your sister. I know your cousin. And they're like, really? (laughs) That's so cool. And I'm like, yeah, see you in a couple years. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's just that, that longevity piece that it's not just you serve as kids for a school year here and there, but it's some of these families and students you get to really, really know just first and foremost as human beings and then a bonus to just help them in school is I think another beautiful part of the work that we do. Totally. Hello, and welcome to You Matter Here, our Minnesota Transitions Charter School podcast, where we elevate the voices of our people, dig deeper into our big ideas, and explore how we show up for ourselves and each other in order to make magic happen. I am your host, Wendy Lorenz Walraven, the Director of Equity and Diversity here at MTCS. My hope is that as we spend time together, we will have an opportunity to explore three key questions. Who am I? Who are we? And who are we to each other? As it is the intersection of these questions that informs the assumptions we make, drives our behavior, and impacts our relationships with ourselves, and with others. Thank you so much for joining us today for uh, today's episode of You Matter Here. Uh, Our guest today is a person who truly marks the beginning of my own journey here at MTCS, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to sit down with her and dig into her story. Our guest is Courtney Stenseth, our lead school social worker for our district, who has been supporting MTS Secondary for 12 years and has been a school social worker for 16 She is also our liaison for young people who are experiencing homelessness and or are highly mobile. I first met Courtney during my Social Work Foundation's internship interview in 2014. I was just kind of reminiscing about when (laughs) you called me kind of like late October 2016 and you were like, I just got off the phone. I gave you a glowing reference for a different job. But (laughs) I can actually say we can finally um, hire a second school social worker here, and uh, I would love for you to be a part of the community and have been here ever since. So thank you for opening the door for me to welcome me into this community. Um, And I would love to learn a little bit more about kind of what brings you here and what brought you here um, 12 years uh, ago. So um, yeah. Let's get let's get curious. Courtney Senseth, who are you? That is a great question. Um, I guess the first part is how, how I got here. Um, my very first school social work job, I worked um, with a gentleman named Troy Williamson and AKA Dubs. And we uh, were a great team and um, unfortunately our school closed and so we kind of went our separate ways and we kind of reconnected a few years later he reached out to me and he said we desperately need a social worker and I think you would be an amazing fit here and so at that time I was pregnant with my daughter I was about six seven months pregnant and it was January and I wasn't Um, really happy in my job. It was really stressful. Troy called me and he said, we'd love to just meet with you. And so I was like, okay, great. I'm definitely willing to do that. Never turned on an interview was always something I was told and believe in that process. So I came over and interviewed with 
unexpectedly every leader in the entire building I walked into the room and the superintendent was there the directors of every building were there and I was like obviously got really nervous and anxious um but very quickly it was kind of a beautiful interview because they led with curiosity really just asking me about the role of the social worker um they really prioritized our homeless and highly mobile population and at the time our teen pregnancy rates were significantly high and so somebody to come in to really have those two areas as a focus but really just kind of the overall well-being of you know what school social workers do so um, they offered me the job before I left the building and I started (laughs) January 31st of 2011 as the first social worker at MTCS and responsible for uh, really every single one of our programs, which I was like freaking out <laughs> pretty hardcore. They had shown me my office and said, well, let me know if you need anything. And I was like, holy crap. So I talked to my mentors. I talked to a couple of people and just like, how do I, what do I do? And they're like, do the social work thing, observe, mm-hmm. assess, totally. talk to people, understand what the needs are and just start. I really was just left alone to just like do the social work thing, which I really, really respected just because I was hired for a specific role. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to do that. I'm going to just do the things that I've been taught. And, you know, one of the beautiful things about the social work role is really just building relationships with people. So I got to just talk to kids and talk to leaders and talk to different departments in our district and talk to teachers about, you know, man, I'm here now. What, how can you utilize me and and how can we work together? And you know, some students here that I've now known for 12 years because they've been in our district and their little siblings come or, yeah. you know, like if I meet students at the elementary school, I'm like, hey, I know your sister. I know your cousin. And they're like, really? Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, see you in a couple years. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just that, that longevity piece that it's not just you service kids for a school year here and there, but it's some of these families and students you get to really, really know just first and foremost as human beings and then a bonus to just help them in school is, I think, another beautiful part of the work that we do. Totally. Can you just talk a little bit about what kinds of supports that you've gotten here? Um, like myself-wise, like I'll be coming here, I'll be ranting, or like when I'll be up here, I'll be mad, so I'll be coming up in here and sitting down, like... She's a good person to talk to. What kind of resources do you have access to when you ask them? Clothes, like um, personal wear, ocean deodorant, school supplies. And can you access it anytime? Pretty much. I mean, knock knock, open up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's free. <laughs> what did you say? It's free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and available for, for you and families. What kind of supports do you get here at school because you have a school social worker here? We get support all around, you know, if we need something, if we need to talk about something. She's always there for us, you know, she's always open to listen and open to give us advice. So. How have you evolved into really taking on the responsibility of also tending to the adults in the building and in your program as well? Yeah, I mean, I when I started social work or school social work specifically, like working with kids almost all of my time is really how I was taught and trained. And then, yeah, I mean, over time, it has really evolved to, I mean, I don't know 
half of my time is spent, I think, supporting the adults in the building or in the district. And I think reasons for that is education is really hard. Mm -hmm. Um, It's always been a challenging profession. I think now more than ever, of course, but I think it was, you know, you that actually said, um, you know, the adults need to be the most regulated people in the room. And and I can easily talk to a student about their frustration with a teacher Mm -hmm. and we can problem solve and we can strategize over things to try. And then if I hear another student talking about the same teacher, you know, or I'm, I'm seeing them and they're, they're just, you know, they just seem like they need something. Mm -hmm. It's like, if I can, if I can support the adults in the building to show up in better ways for students, the students are going to obviously be better off. Um, But, but teachers are human beings too. And they, and they go through stuff and this work is really, really hard and they get challenged every single day. And so if I can, give them a bathroom break, if I can get them a stapler, if I can make sure they have what they need in their classroom to help them feel more regulated, again, the students are going to benefit. And again, this, this work is hard. And, and I think we, um, we have a, we have a very high bar for educators, but again, I mean, I can't say it enough. I think it's the hardest job, um, out there right now. And so if I can help in any way, um, help adults feel supported and connected to other human beings and also have them feel seen and heard and also um, maybe strategize with them on things that they can do to improve or deal with or cope. Um, That's going to just also, I think, help me know information because I'm also an advocate for our, our teachers in the building. If I'm having conversations with seven teachers and there's a theme that's coming out about things that people are struggling with, I'm going to utilize other people um, in our building, whether it's you or Allison or, you know, maybe having conversation with Ron, our principal of like, hey, like, can we talk about this? This is something that's coming up. People, you know, there's obviously like a major teacher shortage right now. And I believe that people will not leave if they feel supported because Mm -hmm. education is really, really hard right now everywhere. Mm -hmm. There are great kids everywhere. Mm -hmm. There is, you know, the grass isn't always greener, but people will stay here if they feel supported. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's not only my, one of my priorities, but I feel like it's also my role and responsibility as a social worker to help support the adults in the building whenever, um, whenever I possibly can, because Mm -hmm. again, the ripple effect is going to be that students get, are getting what they need. And people aren't able um, to show up in spaces if they're really, really stressed out or they don't feel valued or seen or heard. Mm-hmm. And so if there's anything I can do to help support that, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. Yeah. Yeah, we can't really expect adults to do and create environments within their classrooms that they don't ever experience themselves <laughs> right. within their workspaces, right? And so um, I think, again, that's, that's been a lot of our work this year and focusing, you know, when we're looking at specifically at our equity work is, is again, like, how, how big of a gap do we have between what it is that we say is the heart of who we are, who our identity, the way in which we, um, you know, sort of want to be showing up and the conditions that we want to create for people and how big of the gap is that between what we actually do every day. Right. And then as social workers, knowing that 
one of the major factors that impacts that gap is your level of stress, your, um, you know, sleep hygiene, your, um, your coping mechanisms and your management of your own bodily systems, right. Of being able to, to be in regulation, um, you know, most of the time and to recognize when you're not regulated, right. And then being able to do the things that you need to do to re-regulate yourself. Um, so again, I, I think that it is a really hard time, certainly in education, and certainly a really hard time um, for for educators to really feel like they can show up and, and be good at their job right now too, right? Which I think is another layer to that. But when I think about so much of the support in which we do is really about supporting people through their relationships with others, right? And so when we think about some of the conflict, like people are either in harmony or in conflict through their relationships with other people, right? Or, and with themselves. Um, and so a lot of what we see with young people is that conflict and at odds with themselves or with themselves and, and their, their external expectations or um, the, the, you know, the, the systems or the intersectionality of their identities and, and whatnot. And we have all of those dynamics happening all of the time. Um, and I think it's messy work to slow down to start to acknowledge that, right? I think that that's part of why people don't because <laughs> um, it gets messy when we get in there and we're really trying to assess, you know, how, how are we doing? How are we showing up? Um, as social workers, we always aim to meet people where they are. What does that mean to you? And what does that mean for us here at MTCS? Um, again, I think it's the first sort of way in interacting with people is seeing them as human beings first and foremost. Um, I can have a lot of information about a student and they've never met me before. And so they walk in and I might know this student has maybe been on my radar for a while because people are talking about them or I'm seeing things. And one of the things that just randomly popped in my head is, is that we have to remember that there are so many students, because we have 7th through 12th graders, particularly for our older students, is we have a lot of students that we are their 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th high school in their high school career and mm -hmm. that they... It is rare that we have students. I mean, I'd love for it to happen more often, but we have a lot of students that just come from other schools and school has not been, it has not felt good for them. Mm -hmm. And so part of that is the challenge of, I want to rewrite your story about how you feel about school. Mm -hmm. I want to help you rewrite your story and have different experiences about who are the adults in your life that support you through your educational career and often beyond. And so... A lot of people come in, students come in with, with challenges and, you know, maybe we even have like a, you know, three-page behavior record, whatever, whatever it is, is that giving students permission to have a clean slate when they come here, but also not just saying that, but speaking that and showing them that of like, hey, we do things a little bit different here. Mm -hmm. It might take you a while to feel like you trust us. It may take you a while to feel like you can be your true authentic self here based on your experiences and the people in your life prior to us. But you, um, you, you matter here and we have 
um, everybody is fighting a battle. Adults and, and kids are, are not any different in that way. And so really just seeing people as human beings and having them have a clean slate, I think, again, like, there are so many conversations I have with students who will say things to me, uh, you know, in my head, I'm like, nah, I don't really agree with that. Or, Ooh, that was a terrible choice, <laughs> but I'm not going to say that. I'm going to mm-hmm. say like, wow, that's, you know, that, that, you know, like, Hey, tell me, tell me more about that. Or why do you think the teacher got so upset about that? Or mm-hmm. what do you think that's about? And really just creating spaces for students to maybe for the first time, really just think about that and and how people show up matters how they receive people matters and how they show up in spaces matter and mm-hmm. a lot of our students come in with their walls up and you know their um you know their attitudes around not letting people in their lives a little bit and so i think there's just so many really unfortunate situations that our students have dealt with and continue to deal with that like we everybody deserves to have their story be told everybody deserves to have at least one caring adult in their school building that they can go to and feel safe with because life is hard everybody again has some sort of battle and some are really really significant that impact every single part of that student's life and sometimes it's just man I got into a fight with my mom this morning I'm just super pissed off and I can't even like focus in my first hour and it's like cool like let's talk about it a little bit more and then that's you know I always ask like how do you feel about going back to class because that's our ultimate goal is like as soon as possible get kids back in the classroom but Again, one of the biggest compliments for me or just um, signs that I'm being helpful is they come back again or mm-hmm. they greet me in the morning or say, hey, good morning, Miss Courtney. Or and that was maybe the couple of days before their first time having a conversation with me. Um, but I think adults are are no different. And um, again, I don't have to agree with what people are doing or thinking or saying or how they're acting to make them feel like. I, I genuinely care about you and I, I want you to feel like you're supported. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I have the flexibility to be able to do that in my work, not to say that we all can't do that with each other on a regular basis, but um, I think a part of that is being um, like an accountability partner to uh, the adults too, of, of just like you can come and vent and complain to me all you want and I'm going to even maybe agree with you, but what do you need to feel supported and what is something that you need to have happen in order for you to change how you feel about the situation or this person and and Mm -hmm. to be able to stick with that Um, integrity is such a high value in our profession that if if i'm going to show up in ways and i'm going to say i'm going to do this or i'm going to continue to support you in this way i need to be (laughs) damn sure that that's what i do and i follow up with them whether they're a kindergartner or they're a a seasoned teacher Mm -hmm. um and so i think showing up for people and continuing to be there in ways is is really important and i think just everybody shows up in different ways every single day and it's Mm -hmm. like oh okay like that student super crabby today yeah (laughs) you know like yeah saying things to me or to adults in the building or not saying anything at all and it's like okay and then later on in the day a teacher's like hey you might want to check in with them they're super off today or something Mm -hmm. and it's like yeah, like we're going to accept people whatever way they show up. Sometimes we get cussed out. We got to meet them where they're at and we got to be able to kind of help them walk through that so that ultimately, again, I always say to students, like my goal for you when you leave my office is to feel better than you came in and to feel good about what we talked about and and um, here's what we're going to do to kind of continue supporting the situation moving forward. 
Um, so yeah, obviously meeting people where they're at is probably one of the most important things that we can do. Even if you had a negative interaction with them the day before, or they Mm -hmm. said something that maybe wasn't as respectful as you would have preferred. (laughs) It's it's like the next day, it's like, Hey, good morning. How are you? It's like a clean slate. Um, and again, I think as social workers, like we have to prioritize taking care of ourselves and making sure that we're doing what we need to do so that we can show up for everybody and everything that comes our way. And and sometimes, yep, we do need to shut our office door for 10, 15 minutes just to, you know, kind of reset. And then there are some days where you're just like, you know, supporting everybody who you interact with all day long. So yeah. I think it's just like... I, you know, the golden rule of treat people how you want to be treated. I want people to show up in ways with me, you know, when I have a bad day or I'm irritated because those days happen and it's like, who, yep, I gotta, I gotta contact people that I need to reset (laughs) with here. I gotta, you know, go for a walk, say hi to Koya at the front desk, whatever, like, you know, surround myself with people who are gonna just like, who help me reset a little bit. And then I can show up with with other people as well. Yeah, for sure. And I think, again, that that is one of our biggest responsibilities as social workers, right? In the same way that I talk about educators needing to be the most regulated people in their rooms. It's like, not really. It was me, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But like most of the time too, like that is just like so paramount to our ability to connect in the way that we do with people, right? Is being able to to stay regulated, to, to, to maintain again, like prioritizing someone else's autonomy and self-determination is huge, right? Because again, it allows a little bit of separation to just sort of be like, whatever your choices are, they're, they're just yours. Um, but when we think about our own, right, like there are for sure, I mean, <laughs> or several days where I would have to just come into your office and close the door and hide <laughs> under our, just like, I just need a minute of darkness and cool, quiet, <laughs> you know, moment to compose myself. But, um, you know, and days where I'm like, I cannot show up like a social worker in the way that I want to today. So I need to find some other things <laughs> to do with my time, um, you know, and, and being able to, to know that about yourself, I think is, again, that's part of like why I start with like the, who am I, right? Like, cause we bring ourselves into our profession every single day. Um, and I think that when you have such, when there is congruence between who you are and, and who you get to show up with every day, like that's part of that nurturing of, of, you know, like you can do really hard work and sustain that over time. If you're also doing, you know, if that same work is still nurturing to some degree. Right. And I think that as social workers, we get a lot of opportunity to be nurtured by the work that we do. Um, because again, we, I think do get nurtured by tending to, um, to relationships, to, to, to really building connections to, you know, when you mentioned a a kid really can, you know, it can change the trajectory of, of a child's life to have one meaningful connection with an adult, you know, in a, in a building. And one of the things that I think that we do specifically here at MTS secondary and that we try to do in all of our programs is that we work as a collective. Cause I think, you know, you know, and, and I know like I'm not everybody's best access to something. Right. And, and when really that access to yourself or to whatever it is that you need in order to thrive, that access is the most important thing. Right. And that being able to work as a collective to make sure that everybody in this building has somebody to be connected to, whether it's you or someone else. Um, but that, that, that connection is prioritized, but, um, 
you know, we can be flexible and, and, and who, who attends to what, right? Because again, we all have, um, different places and different spots where those connections are, are made. Well, it's not, it may not be me and that's okay too, but you know, knowing, and I think working closely with the adults and, and, you know, letting students know all the time. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of people in this building that care a lot about students. And so sometimes I'm having conversations with students, especially if they're new here. It's like, Hey, just so you know, there are other supports here in the building and who are the people and, and this is what they do because it may not be me. I may not be available. Um, you know, and so the, the beauty of it is, is we do have a lot of other adults in this building who aren't necessarily tied to a bell schedule and can be available for, our students, and I think that's what makes us, um, I think, pretty effective in, in working with students and helping them feel successful is that they have different access points for different different people depending on kind of what their their needs are. And we, um, you know, ideally work collaboratively and, and work together as a team because, again, first and foremost is like students' basic needs are being met, mm-hmm. um, social, including social-emotional learning. And most oftentimes they just need to, again, share their story. And it may, it may not be me, but, but knowing and, and letting students know, like, you've got a lot of, a lot of supports here in the building and who are, who, who, um, um, and who these people are is going to be really helpful for you. And so trying to get them to build relationships or at least know who the other people are is also a really important part of the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really think about, again, just sort of your time here and, you know, at, at MTCS and, and your work and what you've brought to this community has been really largely responsible for the decision to hire anybody else. (laughs) Right. I mean, in order to see enough value in what you bring as a social worker to, um, you know, hire me on in 2016. And then we've just sort of grown, um, to which we, you know, have for, for the most part have social workers in each one of our programs. Um, and which that we also then get to work as a team, um, which I think is unique for us as well, right? Um, I think that there's, as a social worker in our in our organization, you get a lot of your own sort of professional consultation um, and, and collaborative opportunities that you don't get other places. That's all you. So thanks <laughs> for that. No, I just didn't want to go to six different buildings every single week, so... <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. (laughs) I I did love the work itself, but yeah, it was, it wasn't sustainable and it wasn't, um, you know, as people became familiar with how to utilize us Mm -hmm. and what we can do to support our students and support the adults and support and just be, um, all the different roles in, in, uh, in what social work looks like in a building. It was like, Hey, having conversations with people and they were, you know, I always felt, I mean, I've always felt valued. I've always felt like they people know how to utilize us and know our role as as best they can without obviously having um, our training and experience. But I mean, it's so important, and and there are so many different needs. And so, being able to have social workers available for again not just the students but the families, and um, you know, we're considered the link between school, home, and the community, and having that role of really connecting all of those needs with you know, together to, to help contribute to student success is a pretty cool experience. And so it's fun to have like a MTCS social work team, including our interns, 
um, that really, because um, the work is, is never done. It's always going to be there, and we can always be doing something to, to help out in some way. So, yeah, it feels good to have um, a social work team of really great social workers for sure. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> I think we have some of the best. <laughs> um, anything else that you would like to share with us or you think that would be important um, to capture on the record? <laughs> oh, man. Give me a topic at least. <laughs> I mean, one question that I didn't specifically ask you is if I were to ask you, as I am right now, who are we? What would you say? I was like, who are you guys? Uh, I think we are. I think we are a district that truly cares about doing things different for students. Again, we have obviously a high uh, number of BIPOC students, but also just students where they've maybe been in in, in bigger school districts, or again, just have had maybe not a whole lot success here is we really try to do things differently. And I think when you ask non-educators about if you could envision, you know, an ideal school, what would that look like? I think they would be stumped, but I think it's just like we really pride ourselves and I think prioritize like meeting students where they're at, building those relationships, seeing kids for who they are first and foremost, but also being willing to lean into the work to differentiate their learning, to maybe take a time out from lesson, the lesson for that week to just talk about maybe a current event that happened that we know is impacting our kids. Mm -hmm. And and we get the freedom to be able to do that really from, you know, the top down to be able to say, like, if you need to just think about what your students need and do that thing. I mean, every teacher, every adult has things that they're comfortable with and that they're not comfortable with, but... I love the point that we're at where we have adults in the building saying like, hey, can you help me with this? I really think the kids in my class could could use this. Like that's some of my most rewarding work is when I have a coworker who trusts me enough to come into their classroom to try to support the students when they're just like out of ideas. Totally. Being able to do that with another person is sometimes all that needs to happen. So I think we do a really really beautiful job of thinking outside of the typical traditional educational box and being able to just like pause and really provide educators and staff the supports that they need, but also creating a space where hopefully people feel comfortable asking for that help. Yeah. Because I think so often educators are just like thrown into classrooms and expected to just know and do all things beautifully with grace and perfect every single time. And we know that adults are people as well. They come in with a lot of strengths and they come in with maybe needing some support. And so being able to create an environment where hopefully people feel safe to say like, man, I am really struggling with this kid. Can you yeah. help me like problem solve a little bit? Um, that's some of my most rewarding work and, and I think really beautiful parts of, of the job. And then coming back a week later saying like, hey, how is that going in your classroom? And mm -hmm. is there any follow-up that you need from me? And, and again, people deserve to feel supported in work that's really challenging, mm -hmm. um, obviously rewarding. But um, I, I really feel proud of the way that we just prioritize treating people the way that people should be treated so they can show up 
really in beautiful ways for kids. It's, mm-hmm. it seems like such a crazy concept, but it works <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> obviously because yeah. things are, we're moving in the right direction and it feels really good. So I think, I think we do provide education just differently. Um, and I hope our students feel that. I hope our families feel that. I know that that is a work in progress, but that's the most important. I mean, as a charter school, parents choose to send their kids here. Right. I mean, we may be um, geographically super close to their house, but they still choose to send their kids here mm-hmm. every single day. And I think that's a that's a big responsibility for us. And we need to make sure that we're doing that right and that we're making people feel like they belong and that, um, you know, parents feel good about sending their kids here. And I think we're doing really beautiful work to move that forward. And I, I'm excited to kind of see where we go and how that continues to help kids. Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, there's, there's a lot of focus specifically at MTS secondary that really is about trying to come together as a community to really identify again, like who are we, right? And, and who are we to each other and how are we going to, you know, take, I mean, I, I hear a lot of what you're saying is like a young person can come here and find out who they are, right? Because we make enough space for that. We make enough, um, we value that, that spectrum of difference for, for again, how um, all of the, the beautiful ways in which people identify um, and that we are constantly trying to be in communication and in dialogue with people in our community, um, internal community and external community to really understand what, what are those conditions? What, what kinds of opportunities are really going to, um, you know, to be the thing that's going to open up a pathway for, for a young person, for them to find their spark, for them to be able to go, ah, that's what I want to learn more about. Um, right. Cause I think that that is, that is the hope is that, um, especially, you know, for a place where this might be your seventh or eighth go around <laughs> at trying, at trying something, um, what are those things that we have that, that, that have opportunities for, for young people to start to see themselves differently, to be able to create a new narrative for, for themselves because they can. They can write their own story here um, and they get to choose what parts of their past they bring with them and, and what parts they want to let go of and, and leave behind. Um, and that choice is, is theirs here um, and, and is in large part by the work that you do and the spaces that you create for young people. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. I think... You know, when we, when people ask me, like, what is your charter school about? You know, and I think every year my answer fluctuates a little bit, but I think is, again, kind of going back to the part about meeting kids where they're at is we know that college isn't for everybody. The military isn't for everybody. Going right into the workforce is maybe not for everybody. And so I think we do a really beautiful job of, providing opportunities for students to go on field trips. We have organizations that come in and do job support for students. We, um, you know, help create opportunities for them to volunteer so that they can add that to their resume. We help them help make sure they have other documents like, Hey, you're going to, you're going to be graduating this year. Do you have your social security card, your ID, your birth certificate? Cause you're going to need that stuff as you kind of walk into the adult world. Um, maybe they do really want to go to college. We provide opportunities for them to learn more about it. We help students job shadow in a field that maybe they're even a little bit interested in. We have guest speakers that come in, and I think we have so many staff in our building that 
and you know, it's a part of their job to do that, but it's also just like, man, you know, like so many students, even when alumni come back, I just talked to an alum, um, a girl graduated. It's probably been like six, seven years ago. Now she owns her, her own nail business. And she's like, I hope your students know like how great MTS is, is like setting you up to like Mm -hmm. actually have exposure to, the opportunities that are out there. Cause she was like, I knew I wasn't going to go to college and I just, I moved away and I just had to kind of reset. And then I was just like, Hey, like I might want to like do cosmetology stuff, you know, and now she owns her own nail shop and is like really successful at it. And so it's like, she's like, I, we had a guest speaker in some class about a girl who was in cosmetology and she's like, I didn't want to do hair, but I was like, maybe nails, maybe like yeah. esthetician or something. And you know, she's like, I think MTS does a really good job of creating like just awareness because I think that is a responsibility of a middle school and a high school is to show students opportunities. And I think we we have a lot of people who really believe that that is going to set our students up to be successful because when you're not sure what you want to do after you leave these walls and leave this building, that's a really scary place to be in. Absolutely. But if you can be like, oh man, we went on that one field trip to center point energy and that seemed like pretty cool I'm gonna look into that or man I just need some more job support maybe I don't even know how to like get a job and we have people that can start working with kids now but also after they graduate and um, I think we I think we just do a really good job of creating awareness around what is out there and all the different avenues that they can take um, to sort of find their path after they leave us I think is I think we do a really good job of that yeah yeah I think it really pairs well, again, kind of what you were talking about with the adults in the community. It's like, I think we are a learning community, right? Like we are a community, we're a school, but like, you know, but I think we value adult learning as much as we do like youth learning. And I think that we also really emphasize how much learning happens within that relationship, right? That there's so much learning that we um, do and learn from kids and, and hopefully that kids are, are learning from us, but being able to create conditions where you can try <laughs> and you can mess up, right? Like the, the idea about having conditions where you can try learn so you can try differently is I think such a critical element for young people and adults, right? And being able to have a space where adults can go, I don't know enough about that. I would love, but I know that this person in my community does have a little bit more, you know, knowledge in this area or just like sometimes just having the support of, of working through something with someone else gives you the confidence you need to then go do it on your own. Right. But, um, we lose, I think a lot of times in education, this adult learning focus and being able to sort of recognize that as adults, like it's not your job to know everything, right? Like even as a director of equity, like it's not my job to know everything there is about, uh, about equity, but it is about really understanding myself and my own identities so that I know how I'm showing up in space and time so that I can create that space for understanding, um, difference across, across the, the spectrum so that I understand again, what do people need kind of working through that social work model? Again, like you talked about, right, of like assessing what are, what are the needs of our community? What are their specific needs of, of the adults and the young people? And how do we make sure that each person is getting what they need in order to thrive? Um, and to do this work in partnership with you, again, is, is part of what keeps me here. Um, so you should always stay. Um, <laughs> Um, one, any final sort of thought about sort of why you stay? 
Oh man. Um, lots of reasons. I mean, the, the kids obviously. Um, but I think just, I really just, the older I get, the more I appreciate the collaboration and the support from adults to trust me in the work that I do and being able to have the flexibility in my work to just do whatever I need to do that day, whether it's a scheduled meeting or students I have to check in with or parents I have to, whatever it is. Um, I think the variety and like, I think feeling like if I'm, if I'm having a conversation with a student and I'm trying to get them to feel valued and seen and heard and, and I don't feel that way, mm-hmm. it's not going to go very well for me. I'm not going to be right. super effective. Mm-hmm. And so, again, like I do feel valued. I feel that I'm um, an asset to our school community. I feel like people trust and count on me to do this work and to show up for them. And so if that's what I have to continue to do so that I feel good about it. But knowing that other people are hopefully being positively impacted by it, like there's no burnout in that, I don't think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. Um, Well, again, I I thank you so much for your time and your willingness to share parts of yourself with us today. Um, And I just, I can't thank you enough for everything that you do and that you bring into our community because our community is definitely brighter because you're in it. Thank you. You're so welcome. (laughs) For all of you listening, I just, I appreciate you tuning in and for your willingness to listen for understanding. That's what it's all about. So stay curious, ask more questions, and until next time, this is your host, Wendy Lawrence Wallard.